0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to
1: shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And good morning, Canada, and welcome inside Golf Talk Canada, live on TSN 1050. And you can watch us on TSN 2, Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Zucchino is going to be joining us in Hour 2. He's on location at TPC Boston, covering the Northern Trust for PGA Tour Radio. And what a Friday it was at the (laughs) Northern Trust. We were texting back and forth, Bob. It was like the guys were putting into a bathtub. It was crazy. It
2: was, uh, it was, uh, we, we used the, this lead written by the great Mike uh, Kazimski. Yes. He said that uh, it was sort of like like a video game. And coincidentally, of course, PGA Tour 2K21 was released yesterday. It was amazing. Not one, but two 59 watches and, and probably the most disappointing 60 in the history of golf.
1: It was bizarre working it. I was working the Sports SportsCenter highlight pack and and getting so many different thoughts from people. You know, is he going to shoot fifty six? Is he going to shoot fifty seven? And hey, you know, golf is hard, and it got hard in the afternoon. But you know, the wind really picked up, and DJ had a couple of chances down the stretch. We're going to get into DJ a little later in the show, um, particularly that decision on eighteen T, which we'll discuss. Um, but. As you said, one of the craziest 60s we'll ever see, probably.
2: You know, I've, I did a piece a number of years ago, and I talked to four people who shot 59 on the tour, and they said that the biggest mistake you can make is to start doing the math. <laughs> and once you start thinking about, okay, I got a, I've got four holes to birdie two or something like that, yeah. they said that's when it kind of gets out of your rhythm. He says that's what they try to put out of their mind. And I think DJ said afterwards he was doing that, but you could also tell that he knew what was going on, and same with Scotty Scheffler. He knew um, so
1: it's, it can be difficult to try and not get excited, not try and think too far ahead. Well, pretty crazy, too, that, you know, Scotty Scheffler did shoot 59. Dustin Johnson was six under through four. And we're going to discuss this with, with Mark Sakino later in the show. I was playing with Mark once, and he was six under in a four-hole stretch. Wow. So Mark's a plus so which many people might not know, and then he's an unbelievable golfer. But it's crazy to think the zone these guys uh, can get into. We're going to discuss the LPGA Tour of the Women's Open Championship that's also on TSN today as well. Northern Trust third round's on TSN today. We're going to hear from Yi Chow, who was the winner of the Candle Life Series in the second tournament. Of course, the winner of that series gets an exemption into the RBC Canadian Open. Tons of news to get to, but first, let's go to news and headlines.
0: News and headlines
1: are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour. PGA Tour
0: Canada, tomorrow's stars today.
1: Lots of news in the world of golf, Bob. We're going to get to the PGA Tour momentarily, but first, uh, more COVID delays or cancellations, postponements on the LPGA Tour. The Kia Classic being dropped from the LPGA schedule was supposed to be September 24th, 27th at Aviara.
2: Yeah, this one has gone by the wayside. They just didn't think they could do it safely in the area where they are. Uh, There's some rules around uh, what's going on. And again, you know, the LPGA Tour relies a lot more on the gate than uh, it's more like the CFL or uh, World Curling Tour, where you need that revenue at the gate. So there's another part of the story there for the women's side of things. In a lot of cases, women's events are still having pro-ams, which is interesting. Interesting. So uh, they weren't able to try and make this work, and another one falls. And it's not perhaps a terrible time for... uh, the women's golf there they've put together a pretty good schedule right now and uh, they've got a busy one too with major this week week and then another uh,
1: another one in two weeks yeah Uh, They're going to be pushing a lot of stuff close together uh, as they get down the stretch here. It'll be a a wild time for the LPGA Tour schedule. It's a wild time in sports right now. NHL playoffs are going into the second round here. Uh, LPGA majors, PGA, we got playoffs, week off, and then uh, U.S. Open, Ryder Cup was supposed to be the case. NBA's uh, where it is right now. The NFL's hopefully going to start in a couple couple weeks' time. It's uh, certainly a wild time in the sports world. We actually got to play Aviara this past December as well, which uh, it's a fun golf course, and uh, hopefully they're back uh, playing Aviara next year. Um, back on the PGA Tour some news earlier this week before the Northern Trust kicked off Brooks Kepka withdrawing strange given the fact that he'd played six or seven straight weeks before six. six weeks before playing you know playing the Wyndham Championship and he was saying that he was a week away from you know having a good finish and we saw the the great finish at the WGC the PGA he had some interesting remarks on the Saturday after playing and then Play the way he did on Sunday. Were you surprised to see Brooks Koepka withdraw? Uh,
2: yes and no, a little bit. I mean, I think, I think what it came down to the, at the end of it was he was 97th going into that week. So his chances of getting to the Tour Championship were pretty slim, let alone just the BMW Championship. And I think why, why play seven and possibly eight weeks in a row with a bum knee or a bum injury? He's, we're still sort of in the, in the mystery area about what exactly is wrong with him. Why not take some time off? Get yourself ready for the U.S. Open and come back for the majors. As we know, that's
1: all he counts about. That's all Brooks, it's all he practices about. He yeah. tells us that, before, he told that last, <laughs> us last year at the Open Championship. And it's been very curious watching him. You know, he's gone through a couple driver switches. We saw the trainer out during the third round of the PGA Championship. You wonder what he's going to come. And he's, I always say Kepka's good for golf because he's something different. But do you think that brash attitude or cockiness rubs a lot of people the wrong way.
2: It may, but I don't think he cares. This yeah. is who Brooks Kepka is and, you know, having had a chance to sit down with him a number of times, mm-hmm. he's he's kind of a you can actually like him. I think I don't I don't yeah. mind him. I think that he did make a mistake at the PGA Championship by going a little bit too far. I think some of the the trolling of Bryson DeChambeau was actually quite funny, <laughs> but it was it was less harmful than than what he did to the uh, and, it, and it was two parts at the PGA. It was it was yes taking a shot at DJ, but also saying all those other guys as if they were just you know pieces of uh, meat on a sandwich or something. You know, there wasn't really anything nice to say about those other guys. So I mean, he actually apologized for that part. He didn't apologize for the for the DJ part. But um, you know, yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of guys who, that, where if you don't really know them or if you. Don't understand him perhaps it rubs you the wrong way and, and and certainly he has uh some people who don't like
1: him on the pga tour yeah and it was it was fascinating to see rory mcelroy make the comments he did after the pga you know he's someone that we've spoken to at length about a guy he doesn't give cliches he you ask him a question he'll sit back he'll listen and then he'll give you a thoughtful response i'll, I'll never forget as well when after kepko won his first us open in 2017 you were interviewing him and you said did you get nervous at all and he said no So does he have a a heartbeat? I don't know, but uh, we'll see what Brooks Koepka, what he can bring at the U.S. Open, if he does indeed play uh, in mid-September. Some more news. Phil Mickelson. He misses the cut at the Northern Trust, but we'll be seeing him again very soon, won't we? We will. We'll be seeing him on Monday. He's
2: going to make his debut on PGA Tour Champions, and um, I I didn't think he would play the Champions Tour for a couple of years, to be perfectly honest with you, but why not? He says that he's playing well. He wants to keep playing, so he's eligible. So he's going to play. It's a three-event or a three-round event uh, at Big Cedar Lodge. I don't know if maybe he's being enticed to show up, possibly. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if he uh, how he does against the guys there. There are some good players on that Champions Tour. By and I don't think he's just going to walk in there and uh, and take over. But. He may. It'll be interesting to
1: see what his debut will be like. It'll be fascinating to see because last October he was interviewed and asked, you know, when he would play on the Champions to returning 50. And he said, as long as I'm hitting bombs, I'm going to play on the PGA Tour. Yeah. So we haven't really seen him hit that many bombs. Uh, he's had a couple of good finishes during the restart, uh, he's gotten more. More play probably for his commentating debut at the PGA and, and his aviators. But um, we've also seen, you know, Jim Furyk, obviously one of the champions tour. Mike Weirs had a couple of good finishes. You gotta think Mickelson would be one of the favorites next week, no?
2: Well he will be, but as I say, you know, it's it's not easy out there. Yeah. I mean sure Jim Furyk won and he's playing well and Phil and look, Phil might go out and, and lap the field. Uh, but don't forget there's some good players out there like Bernard Longer, who just lost in a playoff yeah. yesterday, by the way, for yeah. his umpteenth time of getting close to winning. Uh, Mike Weir found out. You know, Mike Weir's not playing as well as Phil Mickelson by any means. But, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not an easy event. It's not an easy league out there. So he's not just going to walk in there. It's not like him walking in and playing on the... Uh
1: against a bunch of 14-year-olds at, uh, at, at my golf club or something like that. Yeah, you know, the ball's still got to go in the hole for all these guys. Right. Whether you're playing at 6,000 yards or 7,500 yards. We'll be curious to see what Phil Mickelson can do. Some players now on the PGA Tour whose seasons came to an end. This is the first of three playoff events in the Northern Trust. Obviously, Dustin Johnson's your leader. Scotty Scheffler's right behind him. Jordan Spieth. We could do a full show on this guy. <laughs> you know, He's not going to be around. He almost holed out for Eagle on his 18th hole to make, make the cut and have a chance. What do, you, what do you assess of Jordan Spieth? This is a guy who's, a head case isn't the right word, but you can tell he's just so in his head and he's got so many thoughts going on and just trying to find the, the, the right way eventually.
2: Yeah, I think he's trying too hard. You know, that's the old, what's the old rule when you find yourself in a hole? It's the first rule is stop digging, and I just think that that's what he needs to do is just to kind of get himself out, go and play some fun golf with his buddies. Don't worry. I mean, there was a video of him this week where he was standing on the range um, hitting a tee shot, hitting a driver, and he, I think he was over there for 23 seconds, and he just sit there and go, what is spinning? The wheels, the cogs, everything is going on inside his head. He just needs to, I think, just get away from it all and stop worrying about the minutia
1: of it and just get back to the enjoyment of it. You know, it's funny you mentioned him being over the ball for 23 seconds. Um, I saw Jordan Spieth last year in Ireland. I was there on, on a Dads and Lads trip, and we were behind Jordan Speeth on a casual round. We were at Port Marnock, and he was two, two groups ahead of us, and we watched him tee off, and he was over the ball for a very long time. This is a practice round. Yeah. There's nothing on the line maybe a couple of dollars with his, with his swing coach. There's a lot going on in that mind, but you know, it's still hard to believe that. It's been over three years now since his last victory. Golf's hard, man. Golf is hard. Golf is very hard, but something the PGA Tour has done very well. Um, So you know, during in the last couple weeks, the third straight week without a positive COVID test, there have been there are 249 COVID nineteen tests this week. Players and caddies, no positive results. Total of eight players, three caddies across the eleven weeks and twelve tournaments so far. This is just good news for the PGA Tour.
2: Okay, so let me let me just step back for a second here because I saw that release come out. Yeah. And, or it was actually, an, uh, I think, a, a tweet by Bob Harris. Yes. So it's 249 uh, tests this week. There's 125 players Uh-oh. in the field. They're, each one has a caddy. So what's what's 125 Uh-oh. and 120? 120 it's 250. So who's the missing guy? <laughs> is someone not using a caddy? Is, <laughs> is that the LPGA Tour option <laughs> yeah. here to not have a caddy? No, it's great. Listen, this is really good. It does show you that uh, these guys are um, paying attention. I talked to Nick Taylor this week, and he was saying... He told me a great story. He said that uh, he and I asked him, you know, what's it like living in their bubble? And he said, well, you know, we, we usually just walk and get takeout somewhere. So he and uh, Matt Hughes last week were walking, and they went back to their hotel, and they found a spot in the lobby where they could sit, sort of socially distance, and eat and chat together. And over at another spot, just a, for a little bit further away, was um, uh, Matt Jones. Okay, uh, and uh, he said he said he looked over at him, and he said, and he just said, I'm so tired. Of eating with a plastic fork, and he was trying to eat a steak, and he just apparently just picked the steak up with his hands and started <laughs> gnawing on it like a, an animal. But but it is getting. I think it's it's going to be harder and harder the further it goes because guys are getting, you know, sicker and sicker of. of just doing nothing but sitting inside and trying to find something new on Netflix. You know, he did say that with the NHL back, it was good, especially with his Canucks.
1: You know, it, it's, it's funny you mention that. Before we go to break, there was a great quote from Vegas Golden Knights head coach Pete DeBoer yesterday. He was asked about life in the bubble. He said, what more can he ask for? There's hockey on all day and there's unlimited beer. That, that's all he can <laughs> ask for, right? So uh, but good for the PGA Tour. That number's a little curious with 249 and 125 <laughs> times two. But uh, we'll see going forward here. Well, one guy... Uh, who had a very interesting 36 holes, Tiger Woods. He's actually on the tee in just under 20 minutes with Rory McIlroy in the third round of the Northern Trust. We're going to hear from a very frustrated Tiger Woods next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by
0: SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by smartgolfdeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll
1: see why. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. You can watch us on TSN 2, listen live on TSN 1050. Mark Zucchino is going to be around in hour or two. He's currently on location at the Northern Trust at TPC Boston for PGA Tour Radio. Efforting for PGA Tour <laughs> Radio. He's. Uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with Mark, not only with the golf, but, you know, crossing the border. You know, some things like that, which... I know you haven't done. I, I no. haven't done. I'm very curious. This is the second time he's done it, too. So it's um, it's, it's wild to see what's going to come out of that. But um, Northern Trust, Bob, we talked about this in a little in segment one. 259 watches. Have you ever, do you recall ever seeing that covering no. in all your years, covering Never. golf? I
2: mean, it's, uh, there was an interesting stat that, uh, that I saw last night here. I'll just pull it up. It was uh, talking about... Um, the the speed at which 59s are appearing. So it took 14 years from Al Geiberger's to Chip Beck's, eight years then on to David Duvall's, another 11 years until Goito's and Appleby. Now that was the only time they've had two 59s in the same year. And now this is the fifth consecutive year that they've had a sub-60 round on the PGA Tour. And if you heard Justin Thomas talking after the round yesterday, he said it's going to happen more often. Just guys are too good, uh, conditions are too good. And if you get the right mix of everything with weather, perhaps soft greens, all that kind of stuff, you're going to see them more. But Uh, Two in one day was pretty exciting. It was a busy day, I'll tell you. We were just watching
1: from sunup to sundown, also with the Women's Open going on Uh as well. And it was busy too. You you mentioned the Women's Open. We're going to discuss that in our next segment because Elena Sharp, Canadian Elena Sharp, she's teeing off in eight minutes now, and she's T11 after two rounds. But one of the 50, or Scotty Scheffler's 59 was in the morning wave, and Dustin Johnson's was in the afternoon wave. So it was a full day of golf. Uh, We're going to hear from the guys who, who... were in the mix for 59 and shot 59. But first, Dustin Johnson. He shot 60. Disappointed. He was 11 under through 11. Like, it's it's hard to say you're disappointed shooting 60, but do you think he was a little disappointed shooting 60?
2: Yeah, I think I think when you get... You only get so many times in your career when you have a chance to shoot 59. And he said afterwards he's never shot 59. Most guys on the PG tour that I've talked to have at some point in their life shot a, a 59... In club games or things like that. In fact, oh, sure. Scotty Scheffler said that he had shot one a couple of weeks before he didn't during COVID, and he actually didn't know until later on when he was adding it up, uh, which is kind of how weird. Was, how he, was that was a, he was playing a Wolf game, I guess, and he kind of got lost in the betting or something. But um, but two fifty nines and, and DJ's, you know, is it disappointing to shoot not to get that second one? Probably, but flip it the other way. What if he what if he parred the first seven holes and then gone eleven under over the last eleven? So I don't know. It's, I, I still think you got to take it uh, and be pretty happy, but you're right. You, you only get so many chances to get there.
1: You only get so many chances to get there. Dustin Johnson, he does have a two-shot lead. We're going to discuss DJ a little more, but first, he spoke to the media after the second round. I mean, obviously, you start thinking about it, but I was trying to just, you know, play one shot at a time. Um, I was hitting it good. I knew if I could just get myself on the greens and give myself some good looks. Um, you know, I, I could definitely have a chance. Uh, obviously, 18, if I had to do over again, I probably would have hit three wood off the tee. But, um, you know, it is it is what it is. I was trying to get it up there where I could get a short iron in my hand. Um, you know, unfortunately, if it would have been down in the flat in the rough, it would have been fine. I could have knocked it on. It's just, you know, ball a little below my feet is kind of a tough shot. But, you know, still getting myself some good chances there on 17 and 18. So Dustin just explained his rationale behind... 18. We saw a lot of other players hit three wood. Tiger tried to hit three wood there and hit a nice snipe left. What was your What were your thoughts on the decision for DJ to lay up?
2: I, I oh to lay up, he had to. Yeah. There no, there yeah. was no no point in, in hitting that second shot into the green. I mean, right. it was 211, and that's not a tough shot, but hang and lie in the rough. You don't know what's going to come out of there. So, I mean, you could have just absolutely, um, you know, penalized yourself. I think this was the best way under the circumstances, to give himself a good shot. He's played well with the wedges. I mean, he had been playing pretty well with them throughout the round, so he just missed, you know, he was probably two feet further from getting up on that top shelf instead of hitting the hill and coming back on the green with his third shot. But I I think, as he pointed out, you know, you could have
1: played safe, hit the three-wood off the tee, which might have been a little easier to put in the fairway. For sure. And, you know, Dustin Johnson's been a guy who's been very vocal about um, correcting his wedges, making his wedges one of his strengths. And in the playoffs a couple of years ago, he was playing against Jordan Spieth. I believe it was a playoff as well, and he hit it in the deep rough off the tee. And instead of going for the green and two on a par four, he just laid up to his normal wedge number and, and hit it. And he just happened to hit this wedge probably two or three yards short or else he probably would have been pretty close to the hole but dustin johnson yes he shot 60 maybe it's disappointing maybe it's not but he does have a two-shot lead over this man and that is scotty scheffler and this will be an interesting pairing because they will be playing together today because they were playing in the final round of the pga championship together what do you think scotty scheffler could take from that experience that he'll be able to maybe push forward for the playoffs this weekend
2: uh, you know, it's interesting. When you look at the guys who shot a sub-60 round, only four of them have gone on to win. Yeah. <laughs> so, in fact, uh, Kevin... Uh, who is it? Kevin, Kevin Chappell. Chappell. Yeah. Kevin Chappell tied for 47th after shooting a 59. That's hard to do, I think. The other three rounds can't be that good. So I think you got to put 59 behind you, and I think you got to, as you said, use the experience of playing in, in big groups. Uh, Scotty Scheffler has been playing really well of late, the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Just... Keep going. You know, they always say it's tough to follow a a low round with another low round, which I always find unusual because usually if you you have a low round, it means you're playing well. Yeah. So I think
1: just go out and keep playing and see what you can do for the next 36. Scotty Scheffler, the 12th sub-60 round in PGA Tour history. Let's hear from Scotty Scheffler. I did a good job of staying in the moment, just trying to make as many birdies as you can. You can't really overthink it because it's almost like you're playing a wolf game or something. You're just trying to birdie every hole. And it's nice when you can get into that zone and, and stroke play for sure. Were you thinking about it over that final putt on 18? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course he was thinking about it over the final putt. Have you ever played wolf? I've never played wolf. This sounds like no. something. No, I've never oh, played yeah, wolf. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's okay. a good game. Okay. This is something I, I have to consider. now. Very... Scott <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say Scotty Scheffler, the fifth player to shoot 59 with no eagles or bogeys. Joining Chip Beck, Paul Goidos, Kevin Chapel, and Canadian Adam Hadwin. Uh, another guy who made some headlines on Friday for a very average, a very frustrating round, a very interesting round, Tiger Woods. Birdies his first hole, and then there was... He chunked a chip on a par four, rolled back to his feet. Just a lot of sort of meh for Tiger Woods. What, what did you think of Tiger on Friday?
2: You know, the first first two holes, I thought, okay, here he goes. He rolls in about a 15-footer on the first hole. And then the uh, second, the par five, was the second or third. Anyway, he rolled one in for to say par, but it was a really nice mm-hmm. putt. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, the putter's working. We're going to see some something go here. And then it just kind of went, like you said, just went flat. It wasn't awful there were a couple of awfuls, like that the the chunky chip and then his approach on uh 10 i yes, think it was sandwich uh the sandwich that he bailed out way left and but other than that you know it was just kind of a real plodding average unspectacular
1: kind of round it was and i, I think tiger got a did get a pretty bad break going for that par five and two he had i believe a six iron in his hand and sort of took it, took on the pin a little bit. It was tucked on the right side, and it took a hard bounce into a penalty area. He, he was almost going to play it backwards. He chopped it across the other side of the green, chopped it on it, and actually saved his par. But it was that kind of day for Tiger Woods. And after his round, Bob, he was clearly very frustrated. Well, I was close to snapping a couple of clubs today, but I didn't, so that's, that's positive. Yeah. Um, they just keep fighting, keep grinding it out, uh, try and if I if I did miss, uh, the majority of the day I missed on the correct sides. So I had angles. And so The only really bad miss I had was I had a sandwich in my hand at 10 and I had wall on the right bunker. But most of the time I missed it on the correct sides, even though I didn't really have it. I was trying to, you know, my, it was hard to get the ball into the correct spot, especially, you know, the way I was feeling with my, my shot shapes. Tiger Woods, uh, 68-71, making the cut on the number. The reward for that? A date with Rory McElroy teeing <laughs> off in four minutes. Uh, they've played together many times before. What do you do? You think maybe they, they, they could feed off each other? Maybe go low? Or what, what do you think about that? Oh
2: wow, I don't know. The crowd will be huge. It'll oh, be eight, massive. Eight, eight, um, yeah, I don't know if they feed off each other. You know their their relationship is a good one. They're 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 pals, but mm-hmm. I don't think that mm-hmm. they're close buds by any means. But I think that. Uh, uh, there's two guys. There are two guys in need of a good, solid, low round, so we'll see if they can, if they can uh, maybe, maybe they play each other for uh, put some money on the line and
1: during the game and add a little incentive for a back-of-the-pack early start. Maybe they have a, a game of Wolf amongst each other. I've got to play yeah. this Wolf game. I've never really done it before. Uh, before we go to break, a hot topic around Tiger was the flat stick. He was 120th in strokes game putting on Friday alone. Went back to the old trusty Scott he won 14 of his 15 major championships with after going to the longer wand at the PGA Championship. We saw in 2018 he went to the tailor-made Ardmore sort of mallet-style putter. Is this just going to be, do you think we'll see the putter swap again for Tiger? What do you think of Tiger's putting?
2: No, I, think, I don't think Tiger switches out putters like that very often. He's pretty stubborn. In fact, that's why he said he put this putter back in the yeah. bag. He said just because he's stubborn, there was no other reason. And uh, I think he th- he regards it more as a problem with the putty than the putter. So I think he's just going to work on it and try and find some magic. And as I said, you, you know, he started off the first couple of holes. I thought, okay, he's he's got it rolling. But uh, clearly he's uh, he's not able to – It's it's it doesn't seem that it's just the putter. Yesterday anyway, it seemed like it was right through the
1: bag if he was going to snap some clubs. 80th in strokes gained off the tee, 56th in strokes gained approach to green. Tiger, very sloppy through 36 holes. He tees off in two minutes with Rory McIlroy. We'll continue to update on their round throughout the next 90 minutes of our show. Well, on the other side, there is a major championship going on in the women's game. We're going to discuss Canadian Elena Sharp and Brooke Henderson at the AIG Women's Open. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them, and you'll see why. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Now, here are
1: your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Zucchino is going to be joining us in hour two. He is on location at TPC Boston covering the Northern Trust. You can listen to us live on TSN 1050. You can, if you can't listen to us live, find us on iTunes. We're in the podcast section there. And you can watch us now on TSN two well bob the playoffs are underway on the pga tour the lpga tour is back and it's a major week on the lpga tour at royal troon very challenging conditions <laughs> thus far uh, of the coverage that you've seen what have you thought of how challenging this is played well there's only one
2: round under par so, or one player under par after two rounds uh danny holmquist but it's uh, yeah it's been a real as they say over there it's a proper day for golf at troon and it's um it's it's but what Lynx golf is all about. You know, gusts up to 50 kilometer an hour. A um, lot of the lot of the women having trouble keeping the ball in the fairway on the greens. The, the green speeds were eight because they had to keep them so yeah. uh, so long just so the balls wouldn't blow off. But there's been some good play, and you know through it all, it's been it's been sort of survival mode. I talked to Elena Sharp after her round on Thursday, where she shot even par. She was in the first group off at 6:30 a.m. She said her alarm went off at 3:25. And she said it was a
1: four-club win and a three-layer day along with a toque. So that's pretty tough conditions. I mean, for us Canadians, as everyone thinks, that's that's a regular yeah. you know, day in the fall for us. <laughs> but, um, you know, good for Elena Sharp. She is just teed off in her third round, T-11. She is just a couple shots off the lead. She is four, four, shots, four shots off the lead. Surprising to see her play this ball, what are your thoughts on Elena Sharp thus far through two rounds?
2: Uh, the big thing about Elena is she was up until about four years ago or so she was a terrible wind player because her shots were kind of they didn't have that boring push through the wind right you kind of hit high floaters and and she changed her game a little bit leading up to actually to the 2016 olympics she kind of worked with tristan Malali. now she's working with scott saunders out in bc and she's um she's really found a more penetrating ball flight so she likes playing in the wind she likes the challenge of it and i think that led me to believe that she would play well um i don't know if i thought she would be you know upright up on the lead like this but i'm not overly surprised she has a lot of confidence in her game she worked out hard during the, the pandemic shutdown uh so i think it's really nice to see that uh, that she's starting to see some results she's not she's not a kid anymore she's 39 years old in fact she's one of the older players at every lpga tour event so um
1: we can say perhaps a nicer way to say that she has experience on her side. She has experience on her side. Rounds of 71-74. She has just teed off. She has four shots off the lead of Danny Holmquist, who uh, is the only player under par, as you mentioned. We're going to discuss some of the, the players on that leaderboard in a little bit. But one notable for us here in Canada, who missed the cut, unfortunately, was Brooke Henderson. Her first start uh, since the pandemic pause. Uh, her first start in quite some time playing golf in that in those conditions that are that challenging how would you assess the way brooke played in the two rounds well i think
2: um to say i was a little i was a little surprised for sure but Ooh. when you sort of start to stop and think about it you know she's her last competitive round was middle of january and you can play all you want at the courses around many wolf games and try and grind it out but uh, it's just not the same as playing competitive golf so there was that adjustment to be made to come back to it and then to come back and play under those kind of conditions where every error gets a little bit magnified right you hit a hit a ball a little bit left and the wind there 40 kilometers or 50 kilometers blows it a lot more and it's tough to sometimes even when you hit good shots to get good results because of the weather so mentally i think it's very fatiguing i think it's uh, can be frustrating if you don't have all your game with you but she's going to play she's added a tournament she was sort of fixed on playing the majors and the cme She is going to play next week. There's a charter uh, that goes to Arkansas for the tournament, the Walmart tournament there. So she's going to play that. And then the week after is the A&A out in California where it'll probably be, she probably won't have to have quite as many layers of clothes on. So she's going to just going to have to ease back into it. But, you know, you're never, you're always surprised when a great player plays poorly, even under these conditions. Uh, But I think we have to
1: give Brooke a little time to kind of get her game back up. 100%. You know, for someone who is the all-time winning as Canadian professional golfer, we're going to have these expectations on her. I'm sure the expectations she has on herself are even greater. I know we always talk about on the show about, you know, her winning once or twice a year, and she's won uh, at least two times, I believe, for three or four consecutive years now on the LPGA Tour. What kind of expectations do you think she has on herself here going forward?
2: Um, I think she always thinks she can win. She doesn't, you know, she's she's one of those kinds of players. I just think that um, this is such an unusual year. Yeah. More so for the women because they didn't she, well, especially Brooke. Cause she didn't go down to Australia. I mean, she played two events in January, and that was it her her year so far. So it's such a strange season to try and uh, compare it to any other year yeah. or compare her game to anything. Uh, I, I think it's a good year to kind of regroup, and you come back in January next year and, and start fresh, and hopefully everything's a little easier, a little better. But you know, she could win next week. That's the way. That's how good Brooke is, and and surprisingly, you know, she might add a couple more tournaments and and win some more. She's got the weekend after the ANA is the Cambia Portland Classic which is a tournament she's won twice. So she's right now not playing that, but she may if she struggles again, maybe add another tournament to try and get more up to speed as the uh, uh, as the majors roll out here on the LPGA tour.
1: You know, golf's a funny game. Dustin Johnson goes 80 80 78 a couple of weeks ago. And he was 11 under through 11 and shoots 60. Golf's a funny game. Brooke Henderson will be back in the mix very soon. One player who's also in the mix, who's had a lot of headlines since joining the LPGA Tours, Lydia Ko. She is one over through two rounds, just two shots off the lead. And she had a, a bit of a rough finish, uh, losing to Danielle Kang, a five shot lead with six holes. To go she hasn 't won in a number of years after a blistering start out of the gate winning in Canada as I believe a fifteen year old yep it, right yeah. um, f- with with Lydia Coe, obviously the expectations are always going to be there for her it 's just a matter of time now where she just has to execute now that she 's in the mix
2: yeah and she uh, 's working with Sean Foley now, Canadian okay. coach Sean Foley, who is really trying to get her. To, uh, according to Lydia, just to swing freely, just get out there and take a rip at it. Don't don't hold back. Like don't think about it too much. Almost like what we were saying with Jordan. Mm-hmm. And Lydia has been um, getting a little reputation for being pretty particular about certain things and working with certain people and caddies and a revolving coaches. door of caddies, right, yeah. right, and stuff. So, um, so I think right now Sean Foley is Sean Foley is a guy who is as much a uh, psychologist as he is a swing coach. And I think he's probably a good person for Lydia Ko, just to try and get her to build that confidence up. Um, I, I liked her comments after surrendering that lead last week where she said, "Ah, you know what, it doesn't really matter. It's it's one of those things that's, that's going to happen. So that's good. Just focus on the positive, how well she's playing. I would not be surprised to see her raising the trophy at the end of this
1: week here. It'd be a great story if Lydia Ko can come on and win this weekend. She's two shots off the lead. Before we close the door on Royal Troon, um, 2016 we saw royal Troon hosting an open championship that duel between phil mickelson and henrik stenson 13 shots ahead of third place that week i remember for me personally that was just before i joined golf talk canada but i was doing a lot of stuff still with tsn in the golf uh, family what are your thoughts and memories from that unbelievable weekend between phil and henrik stenson
2: uh, it was pretty remarkable. I remember the start of the week being very cold because I yeah. remember doing a hit for SportsCenter wearing a toque that week. Uh, I think yes. it was like the Wednesday. Yeah. But it was a glorious sunny day, and uh, Phil's last two rounds were were spectacular. Henrik's no less, and the back and forth between the two of them. Uh, I mean, those were two of the best rounds ever shot in the in the Open Championship. It was fun. It was fun to watch. Troon is a, I love playing Troon. To watch on Troon is not necessarily the greatest. I find a lot of the holes kind of look a little bit alike, except mm-hmm. for obviously the eighth hole. Yep. But it's a, uh, it's a perfect course for that kind of a duel that those two had on a glorious day. And it was, yeah, it's one of the best tournaments like, I can remember watching the, I don't know, what they Duel in the Sun part two or something.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget too. First round, Phil Mickelson has a putt for 62, and it lipped out in slow motion. Bones Mackay yeah. was caddying for him at the time. I think he fell to his knees. It was, I remember watching that, and that's some of the best golf we'll ever, we'll ever see. For a player, Henrik Sensen to shoot 63 and win on a Sunday to win his first major championship, it doesn't really get much better than that.
2: And now the women are going to get the treat. They've signed a new five-year deal. They're going to play some of the big ones, Carnoustie next year, and then Muirfield, which is remarkable because it was, of course, up until a year ago or so, just all men only club. Uh, now when they were kicked out of the uh, open rotation, they decided maybe we should open things up, and they're fully opening up, and the women are going to get a chance to play there in two years. I was just
1: going to ask you about Muirfield and Carnussi. Like, This is an unbelievable rota for, for these LPGA Tour players to have an opportunity, and we'll be able to see them uh, on, you know, playing these world-class golf courses. I can't wait to see Brooke play these courses.
2: Well, it's great to see them all playing, and they deserve to. I mean, this is what they, they should be playing on, these these great courses. They've played some good ones in the past, for sure. They've played Carnoustie before. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great to see the uh, the rotation uh, echoing the, the men's rotation. And uh, it's championship golf at its finest. And I, I, I can't wait. And
1: congratulations to Muirfield for joining the 21st century. Speaking <laughs> Speaking of championship <laughs> golf at its finest... TSN One is your home to watch the AIG Women's Open at 11 a.m. Eastern, about two hours and 20 minutes from now, if you're listening or watching us live. The Northern Trust is also on TSN. So, Bob, is there just going to be, if you look at your couch at home, is there just going to be an imprint just <laughs> lying down, maybe switching positions?
2: I actually have, most of the time, I'm in, I'm sort of back and forth between the couch and then I go into my office and watch it in there as well. So, uh, but it'll be a full day. It's been a full week already. You get up early and watch, and you stay till the uh, till the late fixing. So uh, it's good good time for
1: uh, for a golf fan. It's a great time for a golf fan. I always love talking to people about what we call coffee golf. When you're watching, you get up, you have a coffee, you watch your golf. So the women's open. They are on TSN 1 at 11 a.m. Eastern. Well, 20 weeks of TaylorMade is a thing we do here on Golf Talk Canada. And after the break, we're going to give away a utility iron, a driving iron. Tiger hits a stinger with it. Phil calls it a hellacious seed. (laughs) We're going to give away one of TaylorMade's new driving irons after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. You can watch us live on TSN 2 and on TSN 1050. If you can't catch us live, PVR the show. You can listen (laughs) to us on iTunes, the podcast section, iHeartRadio. Bob, we're everywhere. Uh, Mark Sacchino is going to be joining us in hour two. He is efforting for PGA Tour radio, and uh, he'll be joining us in hour two. He's on location at TPC Boston. Looking forward to hearing about his experience Crossing the border, getting on location, seeing Tiger Woods up close, seeing what these guys are looking at. COVID test. COVID test, if he got the thing right up his nose, how brutal that felt. Uh, But as I mentioned at the end of our last segment, 20 weeks of tailor-made is something we do every week here on Golf Talk Canada. I believe this is week 16 now, so we're getting close to the grand prize. And this week, we're giving away a SIM UDI or DHY. So this is very similar, Bob, to the Gapper. Right. Um, narrowing the gap from your longest iron to your shortest wood. This is their new sort of hybrid or driving iron, ultimate driving iron or driving hybrid. is kind of it? like a three three iron, but it's uh, built a little differently. Exactly. It's built a little differently. We're going to have a full in-depth analysis from Tomo Bystead from TaylorMade on our show this week on Golf Talk Canada Television. And the winner this week of one of these clubs is Matthew Pedanito. Pedanito. Congrats, Matthew. You've won one of these uh, clubs. You should definitely tune into our show this week where I actually spoke with Tomo Bisset about this. And I got a chance to actually hit the product, Bob. Nice. And I, you know me. I like to ha- I have the gapper in the back. I bag. remember I was going to say you were a big gapper guy. Big gapper guy. I love the low, hot runner. And this club for me, the Sim UDI, is rolling out to about 270. So wow. Right into the pond? Right. You know, I used it in... <laughs> I use it in a simulator, so... Oh, okay. No pawns in the simulators, <laughs> but um, of course, 20 Weeks of made the only way you can win, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Every week, you're in a draw to win some great prizes, and Bob, the grand prize, end of the year? A complete, through-the-bag, fitting experience. This is a huge prize,
2: and we were lucky enough to do go through that uh, at the start of this year, and uh, man, it's, uh, it's really eye-opening, I would say, is the best word, because you...
1: You understand why and what a big difference fitting can make for your game. It can make an absolutely huge difference for your game. If you're going to go out and buy new clubs, at this like you might as well spend the extra X amount of dollars to get fit to get the right clubs for you. So you don't have to keep getting new clubs maybe as your swing changes. And I know you have, I believe, the Sim Max irons in the bag. Yeah. And so, how would you assess how? Improvement in terms of distance forgiveness would you have over the year previous do you think uh,
2: forgiveness i didn't i haven't noticed huge because i don't i mean I'm, i don't hit it always in the center of the club face, but uh, i don't have a huge uh, i didn't notice that as much as I noticed the distance and yeah. when I was hitting it solid, hitting it on the face i'm carrying it just a little bit further so I think I've explained this to you before, but a couple times I'd sort of hit a shot that I would normally play to the front part of the green and it would go over the back so i've had to dial back about not a full club it's not even a half club but it's enough that you have to think about it a little bit more and readjust to certain things and the driver when i hit the driver i've noticed a, a lot longer um i had a great stretch with the driver early in the season when i was just pounding it and uh and it felt so good you know because you can when you can play from a lot closer up it makes yeah. it makes it so much easier it's kind of straight on me now but i know it's not the driver it's the
1: drivee. but it's uh it's noticeable right through the bag the difference that i have I would totally agree on the driving aspect of things. I have the SIM driver in the bag, and I'm noticing 10 to 15 yards farther in the air than than last year's product, which is unbelievable. And a lot of guys on tour are showing some great results. A number of the top five players in the world are using the SIM product. And we're going to be giving away some other product, just a a bit of a teaser what we're giving away. TaylorMade's Fall Line, which they uh, sent a press release out, I guess, two weeks ago now, New wedges, new putter, new iron line. There are some very exciting things coming from Team TaylorMade. Looking forward to giving those away. And U.S. Open Week, as Bob mentioned, our grand prize of through-the-bag fitting at TaylorMade. It's an experience you will not forget. Well, we've actually as well started, Bob, started doing this poll question every week on Golf Talk Canada. And this week's poll question stem from the announcement that Royal Montreal Montreal would be hosting the President's Cup in 2024. And so our poll question was, on the heels of last week's President's Cup announcement, where would you rank Mike Weir's singles win over Tiger at the 2007 President's Cup in all-time Canadian moments? For you, is that a top five? Is that a top ten? Is that outside the top ten? Where do you think you would rank that? Uh,
2: I would put it probably... In, just into the top ten. Yeah. I think there's other moments that are pretty big that people forget. Yeah, uh, we have short memories when it comes to golf. But I think you know, Mike Weir winning the Masters is more impactful than Mike 100%. Weir beating Tiger Woods in in one match. And it was, you know, it was a great match. It was very, um, very, I don't know what the word is, very patriotic because it happened on Canadian soil against mm-hmm. the best player in the world. And those kind of things. But to me, it doesn't match something like uh, Mike winning the Masters or Brooke winning the the PGA Championship or Stephen Ames winning the players or Marlene Street winning uh, the U.S., the British, the Australian amateurs. You know, those to me, Gary Cowan winning the U.S. Amateur twice, those kind of things to me are a little bit more impactful. It was a great moment Mm -hmm. and it was a great experience. But in terms of distinguished moments in Canadian golf, not saying that it's
1: a bad one by any means. It's a huge moment, but I don't think it ranks quite up there with those other ones I just mentioned. I'm sure they'll play that on a loop. When Mike Weir is the captain in 2020. <laughs> yeah. he, he has to be. Who else is going to be the captain at that point? It has to be Weirzy, <laughs> Of course. going to be, it's be. It has to be, Mike. But uh, some very exciting news. We'll have another poll question coming out uh, this week on Golf Talk Canada television that then we'll discuss on Golf Talk Canada radio next weekend. Well, Bob, we mentioned Tiger Woods teeing off with Rory McIlroy teed off 24 minutes ago. First hole, hits the fairway, 114 yards in, hits a dart, four feet, 10 inches away. Wow, good. Now, can you think the putt? No. No, of course not. <laughs> so, Tiger is a disappointing, even through one hole, and he's actually now got four feet, he has a putt of the exact same distance on the second hole for birdie I want the if, irons dialed in he's obviously. got the irons dialed in uh, that's for sure well it's been a fun hour one here on Golf Talk Canada on TSN 1050 TSN 2 as well on the other side we're gonna hear from Yi Chow, who won the second tournament on the Canada Life Series Mackenzie Tour of course the winner of that four tournament series a nice little exemption into the RBC Canadian Open yes not, not too shabby that's a good prize a very good prize as well. Mark Zucchino is going to be joining us uh, in hour or two. Look, I'm just looking forward to hearing about what it's like being on the grounds on the PGA Tour. You haven't been on the grounds yet. He, nope. he said to me before in Detroit, it was sort of like an eerie feeling. Yeah, it I think it's, sense. yeah. I mean, uh,
2: I remember at one point he was very loud. Uh, calling a Webb Simpson putt and they all looked over at him afterwards because which which something that wouldn't happen obviously if there yeah. was fans there but it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a different
1: atmosphere that's for sure. It's certainly a very different atmosphere so we're going to hear from Yi Chow, we're going to hear from Mark Sakino. we're going to do stardom, sit we're also going to do winners, weird and what and we're going to tee up the action throughout the day on the PGA Tour the LPGA Tour all tours uh, around the world of golf of course TSN's your home for golf today 11 a.m. Eastern AIG Women's Open and 3 o'clock the Northern Trust on TSN as well. well. That's been a fun Hour 1. We'll be back for Hour 2 right here on Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks.
1: Welcome back to the Back Nine on Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sakino is going to be joining us in our next segment. He is on location at TPC Boston for the Northern Trust, efforting for PGA Tour Radio. You can watch us on TSN 2, listen live on TSN 1050. Well, Bob, there's been a lot... Going on, golf is back really across the world now, which is great, and that's also a big. Uh, it's also back here in Canada as well. The Mackenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada, they decided to basically shut things down. They they had to, but then this new Canada Life Series came, where it's a four tournament series. The winner of this gets an exemption into the RBC Canadian Open. A pretty great thing that Mackenzie Tour did, isn't it?
2: Well, it's given these guys a chance to play for some something. It's, uh, it's obviously not quite as big, as lucrative as the McKenzie Tour was, but it's competitive rounds, and that's what these guys need at their stage of their careers, and it gives them to say, you know, get in the heat of the battle and test your game against the best that, that are in Canada, and some from uh, outside Canada who are living in Canada, I guess, is the best way to put that. And uh, uh, we've got two rounds
1: in the books and two more to go. Two more to go. Evan Holmes was the winner of the first one, and the winner of the second tournament at Bear Mountain Valley Course was Yi Chow, who now joins us on the line. Rounds of 67, 67, 66. Yi, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us, and congratulations.
3: Thanks. I appreciate it. Good morning, guys. How are you doing, guys? There.
1: Early,
2: early morning for you, Yi. Thanks for getting up. You're in Vancouver. Um, no problem. Before- Tell tell us about uh how this your your three rounds came together because I've played that course and those are three solid rounds <laughs> on a what can be a very challenging golf course.
3: Yeah, it was kind of a challenging golf course, but I believe it or not, the first day I went out of the golf course, I kind of realized it was such a demanding tee shot, so which means I have to put myself in the position the, like every single time and then I can work everything from there basically. So I mean, all I'm trying to do the whole week, even the week before, was play on the Bear course. I'm just trying to put myself in play the whole time. So I think that would definitely help me a lot. Because once you are lost your, your drive or lost your tee shot, you're going to have reload for sure. So mm-hmm. that's probably the key for me to win the tournament
1: <laughs> last week. Yeah, right on. So you, know, you played six rounds in the two tournaments at Bear Mountain's two courses. You never shot over par you yeah. mentioned uh driving on the course but what were some of the other things that you really liked about playing the the, the two golf courses
3: uh they're great the, the views are awesome for both courses the the resort is unbelievable like the uh, the beer course i enjoyed it most probably the back nine especially when you're standing with a, a which hold uh, Fourteen or fifteen tee box, you can see whole of Victoria right down the, <laughs> right on your foot. So, which is so awesome. Yeah, and the valley courses, like uh, the views, mo- not not quite as good as beer but uh, the greens are undulating. Greens are super, super nice to play.
2: It's a uh, yeah. it's a beautiful set of golf courses, that's for sure. And um, how how important for someone like you, who's sort of still mm-hmm. trying to find their way in, in their golf career, how important was it that these tournaments were held?
3: Uh, it means a lot. It means uh, compl- uh, It means so much for me because during the COVID nineteen, like I started the year. I was planning to go back to China because I got a full status on PGA Tour China, mm-hmm. and because uh, everything was kind of shut down and uh, tournament schedule has been canceled. I have nothing to do. Well, so I was hoping I have something to play like end of, before like the Christmas even. And then all of a sudden McKenzie tour, which is Derek sending us email, which is have a Canada live series to play for events. I was like, oh, my God, that should be the chance. So I better really sharp my game and take the chance.
1: We're in conversation here. We're in conversation here with Yi Chao, who won the second uh, event on the Canada Life Series at Bear Mountain, the Valley Course. You started the final round, Yi, with a five-shot lead, ended up winning by eight. How challenging was it for you mentally to not get too far ahead of yourself before the final round?
3: Um, Honestly, it was kind of a completely new experience for me. Because the last time I won the tournament, I was being a chaser. So I was eight shots behind heading into the final round. I have nothing to lose. But to be honest, if you have a few, few stroke of lead, it feels like um, the trophy is already in your pocket. You don't want to lose it. So it's kind of like having more pressure on you to start the third round. So, But basically, I, uh, I was just trying to take whatever the result is. So I just play my own game. And hopefully, continuing to play like a solid golf, and then see what happens when I'm finished at uh, 18th.
2: So now you got a couple of weeks off, and then you're gonna come uh, this way to uh, Toronto to TPC Toronto <laughs> for a couple more events. And uh, have you got your eyes looking down the line a little bit to that Canadian, o- that RBC Canadian Open berth in any way yet?
3: Oh uh, yeah, of course. It definitely, that's probably my dream to play. And uh believe it or not, I done the Monday qualify for the RBC Canadian Open a couple of years ago when I was an amateur probably. And uh I did not make it. But uh like I said, like you you never know like who's gonna like play well the next two events and get on the top seat and so it better just get my uh my head down and work hard.
1: You, you mentioned uh, going into the RBC Canadian Open qualifier a couple of years ago as an amateur. How much have you changed as a player, uh, both on the golf course and off the golf course, since that time that maybe could help you this time around?
3: I think my attitude's completely changed. Uh, back then, I was kind of nervous. I was kind of like not really patient enough. It was kind of easy to lose my patience on the course. But now I'm just trying to be chill like, the most time, uh, even on a golf course. So I think that will help me a lot. So I'll basically take whatever the result is.
2: E, Do you know anything about uh, TPC Toronto? Have you been there? And, and what's it? What's it going to be like traveling in this era right now to try and like? How, how are you going to set yourself up for that? For those two events?
3: Uh, I played a TPC Toronto Outdoor Valley last year as McKenzie Tour event, mm-hmm. but I think we're probably going to play the other course. Mm-hmm. So I, which is I've never played that before. And, uh, yeah, obviously, travels are kind of a little bit of an issue now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think, yeah, I think I can handle this. Just put the baskets on, and hopefully, uh, everything stays safe. Perfect.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, Yi, uh, thanks so much for waking up so early uh, in Vancouver for this interview. Congratulations on your victory, and good luck in the final two events of the Canada Life Series. And hopefully, we'll see you next year at the RBC Canadian Open. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That was Yi Chao, the winner of the second event on the Canada Life Series. 67, 67, 66. Only won by eight shots. <laughs> he's oh, been a uh,
2: he's been a globe-trotting uh, player, by the way. He's played the PGA Tour China, where he's won, and he's played a little bit in Latin America. He's mm-hmm. played all over. So it's uh, it's what what you got to do when you're a young player these days is to try and get your chops um, by playing anywhere and anywhere
1: anywhere and everywhere you can. And before we go to break here, I must give a bit of a special shout-out to uh, Russell Budd, who started the Toronto Players Tour, and this would have been at some point in June after the McKenzie Tour shut things down. Russell actually played in this event at the Canada Life Series and finished T11. So nice. he, was, he was, uh, unfortunately, he was in the mix after two rounds and uh, 73 in the final round. So he is still playing some golf, but that Toronto Players Tour as well, they've seen some good purses, some good fields. For players in the GTA who are a pro or on the amateur level, some of these guys, McKenzie tour players, a great place to play.
2: Yeah, it's been good. Uh, speaking of great play, here's a Here we some, go. here's some weird play. Uh, scoring alert, Rory Uh-oh. McElroy Uh-oh. starts his day three eight two. Oh.
1: <laughs> birdie triple birdie. Wow. <laughs> How about that? Birdie, Okay, so he's one over through three. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, okay. It's that's, easy, right? That's, that's quite a start for Rory McIlroy. Tiger Woods is even through three. Okay, so Tiger Woods even through three. Rory McIlroy with an adventurous Tigers bogeyed the third hole. He missed a 15-footer. So that putter is hot and cold so far for Mr. Tiger Woods. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to head to Boston. We're going to be joined by Mark Zucchino for a little stardom, sit If you guys are fantasy players, maybe put a little wager on some golf. We'll have some advice for you. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. You can watch us on TSN2, listen on TSN 1050, or if you can't catch us live, Go on iTunes, iHeartRadio. We are everywhere. Bob, it's been a very interesting start to the day for <laughs> Rory McIlroy. Uh, we just saw a video of his triple bogey on the second hole, and that shot, he, had, he hit a shot that did not go forward.
2: No, I just uh, retweeted it. If anyone wants to see it, you can check it out on my Twitter feed. But, yeah, he uh, literally went, was going backwards. It went up off the bank and went behind him
1: and fell into the water. That's a first, I don't know if I've seen one of those. I've done that, but I've never seen it It's PGA a PGA Tour. It's always fascinating looking at Shot Tracker and, and, and seeing, you know, we were talking before the video came out, Rory hit a shot, it said 10 feet. And you're like, how on earth is that possible? How did he hit it 10 feet into the water? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Well, he's little so, rough, but
2: no, it was backwards, actually.
1: So Rory McIlroy is now last. He is the last of all players who made the cut. Playing with Tiger Woods, he's one over the three. Tiger is even through three. They're at TBC Boston. You know who else is at TBC Boston? Um, there's a lot of people, but who? <laughs> uh, Mark Sakino's is now joining Hi. us on the line. Uh, Mark, how are you this morning?
4: I'm good, boys. How are you guys? This is a crazy week here in Boston. So, you know, like, man, we could do four hours on just what I've seen in the last two days. It's It's, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely a- bizarre, this golf tournament.
2: What's, what's been the, uh, give us like your top three highlights of what you've seen and what you've had to do. First of all, let me ask you, did you get the swab this time? Yeah, so
4: listen, you know, I was kind of a little, I was happy to get tested because I think, you know, obviously sure. mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the right thing to do, the smart thing to do. So that I wasn't upset about being tested, but I was nervous because, you know, it doesn't look comfortable and you're, <laughs> you're, you're preparing for this horrible Horrible experience. And I mean, it was absolutely nothing, guys. Absolutely nothing. Uh really? from start to finish. Not just not just the physical uh swabbing of the nose, but the way the PGA Tour had it running. It was just inc- incredibly efficient, uh, very quick in the timing. Uh, well organized. So you don't have a bunch of people on top of one another trying to get tested because that's kind of like ridiculous in itself. You've got a bunch of people mm-hmm. that don't know if they're positive or negative yet because they haven't been tested and you're going to put them all in a waiting room on top of one another. That doesn't really make sense either, right? So it was really well done from start to finish. Very, very, uh, very well, well organized. And, uh, we'll be doing another one on Sunday. So, um, uh, but again, not, not a big deal.
1: Yeah, it was it was a wild day, Mark, on Friday, the second round of the Northern Trust. Who are you out following? Because there was some crazy golf going on.
4: I mean, I have followed so many people this week. Now, I'm, I, I will tell you guys, I was not on fifty nine watch, although I was standing at the green when it, when it happened. It was going down because I was in the group behind, and I was there was a log jam there. Because I don't know if you remember, uh, Kevin Streelman had a bit of a rules issue. Hmm. Why? Uh, Scotty was waiting to see if he could shoot the D9, so we were kind of bunched up there. But, I mean, I've been with almost everybody this week. It's been absolutely crazy. I've called Cameron Davis. I've called uh, Webb Simpson. I've called Bubba Watson, Justin Thomas. Uh, I have called uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Colin him Murakawa. Um, I, I mean, it, it's just been uh, – I've, I've been with, like, 12 to 13 groups this week. And the reason being, guys, as, as to why – I've been moving around so much, uh, is that if if you're not Dustin Johnson, or if you're not uh, Scottie Scheffler, and and you're not going to shoot 59, then there are so many guys making birdies and so many guys making runs and so many deep low scores. You know, you have to have coverage everywhere, so you're bouncing around like a pinball the entire day trying to, you know, and it makes our job so much harder because I the, the one thing I really like about our job is. And Bob, you'll appreciate this because Bob's always been like one of our best storytellers, you know, uh, in the country. And when you get to call golf and you're calling someone the entire day, there's storytelling, you know, there's context. You go back to, you know, maybe a similar shot that happened the day before or a similar shot that happened seven holes earlier or a situation and how they handled that situation. And, you know, you can layer in some story to the shot you're going to call. When you're bouncing around all day, you're just a machine calling golf shots. You, got, you have no idea what has happened before, the day before, the minute before. You're just out there calling shots. So it makes it very hard. Uh, but, you know what, this leaderboard and say I expect the same thing today. I expect to say Every Friday, you know, the night before or the morning of, we usually get our assignment. And, you know, Kevin Sylvester will be with our final group today because he was with them yesterday. And uh, Mark Carnival and myself are just to be announced. Guys, we have no clue. We expect people to shoot super low. You'll be going everywhere.
2: So you just you just basically prep for every player
1: not named Johnson or Scheffler, is that it?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, Bob. It's like almost impossible, but yes.
1: Well well Mark, uh sit sit 'em is something that we started doing uh during right after the pandemic pause. And we've added it to do television as well. So, Mark, who are you thinking of starting for those who like to do a little fantasy, place a little wager here and there? Who are you starting this weekend at the Northern Trust?
4: All right. Well, first of all, I got to call myself out Uh-oh. because I have done uh, quite well in the fantasy world and laying a little action since the restart, not only in our segments but also in my own little private world of maybe laying a few dollars. I've done very well in, in the first 11 weeks. Uh, I blew up this week. I, I was all over uh, Bryson DeChambeau coming into this. Makes no sense at all why he would miss the cut. I mean, you could crunch every number, no demand, and nothing would tell you that he wasn't going to have a good week. And boy, did I misjudge this one, but I'm pretty sure we all did on DeChambeau at TPC Boston. But coming into the weekend, guys, I'm going to start Daniel Berger. Right now, I'm looking at a guy here who maybe, you know, could make a move. Who could chase this leaderboard? Right now, Daniel Berger, he's tied for ninth. He's 10 under par. He starts the weekend five shots back. Uh, Kind of clicking on all cylinders. Maybe, you know... I'm wondering if Daniel Berger maybe hasn't had his low round of the week yet. You know, 66 yesterday, 66 on uh, Thursday. So a couple of matching 66s. I'm wondering if maybe he's got one better in him. And I don't know if you guys saw the stats earlier this week. Since the restart of the PGA Tour at Colonial, the leader in Strokes game totaled for the entire restart season, these 11 weeks that we have played. It's not Justin Thomas, it's not Bryson DeChambeau, it's not Webb Simpson. The leader is Daniel Berger, strokes game total, against the rest of the PGA Tour. I'm starting Daniel Berger.
2: You know what's interesting about Daniel Berger? He is not in the Masters. I couldn't believe that. That was fascinating. Isn't that wild?
4: I know. But if he gets to Eastlake, will that trigger something? Uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think, so.
2: think so. I don't think he can get in. I think he can get into the one in April, but he can't get into the one in the fall because they're doing everything they can to limit the field because they don't have a lot of daylight, right? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if he wins the next three events. Maybe they'll uh, Fred Ridley will give him a call. You give him a call and, and switch things up. Bob, who are you starting? Uh, I'm going to start Russell Henley, and uh, Russell Henley is tied for seventh right now. He is bogey-free through 36 holes, which is pretty good. He's also tied for 6th in driving accuracy and tied for 8th in greens in regulation. That's a good combo. I like those two, uh, those two stats. Uh, I think he's a kind of a sneak guy coming up the back a, a little bit, and I think he might uh, he might prove something today.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see Russell Henley, how he'll do. Of course, that eagle on Thursday, one of the last groups hitting it to two feet, almost made a quick albatross. <laughs> Speaking of albatrosses, Mark, this just came, came to mind. You made an albatross this week, didn't you?
4: I had my first ever, guys, uh, career albatross. It, you know, it's something that unlike a hole-in-one, I don't know, maybe you guys can, can agree to this or, or disagree or speak to this because it's never been in my brain. You know, we all kind of think about, oh, I want I want to have a career hole-in-one, and when you have a career, uh, when you get a hole-in-one, you want a, another one, and the hole-in-one's always top of brain. You know, you've been on golf trips where guys have had one, but... We never sit around and talk about albatross, mm-hmm. and I never have. I never even thought about it and had the first one ever in my life. I'm crazy at my home club, Toronto Hunt. Uh, last week, our, our only par 5, because we're at 9-hole golf course, par 35, so we have one par 5, the fifth hole. We hit a good drive down the middle, had 194, little wind off the left, hit a 6-iron, two hops into the hole, couldn't believe it. When it disappeared, I, it just almost didn't register. And um, so I went online just trying to figure out, like, what are the odds of that? You know, and apparently a hole-in-one is 12,000 to one for an average uh, amateur golfer. A hole-in-one is 12,000 to one. And for an albatross, 6 million to one. So wow. I don't think I'll ever get another one again. I think that's a one-off. It was a, a lot of fun. And uh, I won't tell you how I finished the round because it's very embarrassing.
1: <laughs> Do- doesn't matter. You made an albatross. That's all good. Uh, for me, my stardom side of things, I'm going Kevin Kisner. Rounds of 65-66. He's four shots off the lead. He has two top three finishes since the pandemic pause, including last week at Wyndham. Always one of the most consistent putters on the PGA Tour. He's 19th this season. He's 7th and 3rd round scoring average. I think. Kevin Kevin Kisner could make a bit of a move this weekend. Uh, Bob, let's go to you. Who are you, who are you sitting this week? Uh, uh, I'm going to sit Harris English,
2: and he's tied for fourth right now, but his driving accuracy is brutal. He's tied for 68th driving. Yeah. He's only hit five fairways yesterday. He is leading the field in putts per greens and regulation, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going
1: to suggest that he can't hold that up, so I'm going to sit Harris English. And Mark, uh, on the sit side of things, I know, uh, who are you uh, thinking about sitting this weekend?
4: Well, listen. I don't mind picking good putters because you got to make putts. Obviously, someone putting well is important. But I, when it's smoke and mirrors, that then it's a bit of an issue. And for me, Danny Lee, guys, yesterday, four strokes better than the rest of the field with his putter. He only hit ten greens. You, you can't go around this golf course where guys are giving themselves looks for fifty nines and hit ten greens. And at, at the end of the day, I always say, you know, you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. And that, that putter, you're looking to just be four strokes better than the field every day to, if that's your game plan, uh, it's, it's going to be a short lived game plan. So I think Danny Lee, uh, is the guy that maybe goes backwards, uh, over the weekend currently, uh, T4, three off the pace. I'd be very surprised if he was uh, better than three off the lead at the end of the day. I expect that to be five or six.
1: So, Mark, this is either a good minds think alike or we're going to suffer together because before the show, I also picked Danny Lee, and I'm sitting <laughs> Danny Lee. Rounds of 66, 64. He's fifth in strokes gained off the tee this week for the season. He's 63rd, fourth in strokes gained putting, tied for second, in putts for greens and regulation this week for the season. He's 154th. So, Mark, we're either going to be celebrating or we are going to look pretty dumb.
4: I think we're going to uh, pat each other on the back, Adam, and say how, and tell, talk about how smart we are and, and all those things. And I will say this, boys. I did say that Jordan Spieth, there was no chance yeah. he was getting to the BMW. And uh, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, though. It was one of the, my favorite shots uh, to call all day because here we are sitting in a bunker on eighteen, <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, Travelers Championship, John Deere Classic, This looks just like that. Does he have one more bunker shot in him to do something special to kind of extend his season and get to Chicago? And he almost hold it. It just covered Mm -hmm. the edge, missed the bunker shot for Eagle, and uh, Jordan's season's over.
1: Wild for Jordan Spieth that his season uh, is over. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what he'll come, what he'll have come next year. Well, Mark, our favorite time of the show is coming up after the break. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. Winner's weird and what. You're going to stick around for this. We have 3 dub coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by smartgolfdeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Zucchino on the phone. He's on location at TPC Boston covering the Northern Trust. You can watch us on TSN2, listen to us on TSN 1050, or if you can't listen live, we're on iTunes, we're on iHeartRadio. We are everywhere. Well, it's time, it's our favorite time of the show the good, the bad, the ugly, winners, weird, and what. And this week, Mark, you have the tea.
4: I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, guys, my winner this week is lefty. Phil Mickelson, not going to make the cut here at TPC Boston, which will end his season and end 13 years in a row as the only player to make it every FedEx Cup playoff to the BMW Championship. He was the only player to do that since the inception of the FedEx Cup, and all streaks eventually come to an end. But what a streak for Lefty. What a career. And not that it's over, but certainly now at 50 years old, it's, uh, it's a different Phil Nicholson. And next week, and I never thought I would see this, at least for a couple of years, maybe a a senior U.S. Open or a senior PGA, but certainly not an immediate start on the Champions Tour. Phil Mickelson is going to play Big Cedar Lodge next week. The Champions Tour will go back-to-back there at Big Cedar uh, Lodge. And Mickelson's going to make his Champions Tour debut already. And I just think that's amazing. Um, I, I would be very surprised if Phil's agent didn't make a call to Bass Pro Shops which a big Cedar Lodge and say, hey, you interested in Phil coming out? You want to book him for a corporate appearance or something along those lines? But, Bob, I, I never thought I'd see Phil on the Champions Tour this soon, this early, and not in a major – how surprised are
0: you by that?
2: Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a little surprised. I mean, earlier this year, I did an event with uh, Jim Furyk, and he told me he wasn't going to play any Champions Tour events, and he he popped out and won. So uh, maybe Phil maybe Phil misses seeing the boys that are his age. Mm-hmm.
4: It could be that simple—just being out there and seeing some of the guys you you know you grew up playing against. And uh, so we'll see that next week. Okay, my weird guys. The average winning score at TPC Boston in its history in the playoffs. Because remember, it was the host of the Dell Technologies Championship mm-hmm. when we used to have four uh playoff events it was 17 and a half under par it was the average winning score it's a par 71 7, yards 17 under par 17 and a half we're at 15 under par at the end of friday we got 36 holes to go What's going on? And I started scratching my head. This is not an easy golf course. Uh, it was one of the players' least favorites in the playoffs because they thought that it, you know, it, it bit back a little bit too much. You know what these guys can be like when they play a hard golf course. They can, can whine a little. And I'm just thinking, this is so weird. With the way the governing bodies are looking at the game and you know, they're kind of watching it and looking for reasons to, 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 to rein it back. Don't we have to be a little bit smarter with our setups There is no rough here at all this week. Now, Mother Nature hasn't cooperated. It's been dry down here, so the the, the rough is thin. It's cut down. The fescue is wispy. So a lot of the defense of the golf course is gone. But the greens were super soft. I also took a walk around the golf course on Wednesday and noticed a lot of T-decks that they had planned for expanding for the future on holes like 13, on holes like 7. They just never went ahead with those plans. It's a 7,300-yard 7, par 71. They could have got it to 75, and they just didn't bother with it. Adam, there's no such thing anymore as too tough. They're stupid, and there's unfair. We've seen that from the USGA. But there's no such thing as too tough, and I don't understand. Why we don't understand this at this point.
1: Well, especially the way these guys are hitting it. You know, Dustin Johnson and Scotty Scheffler made this look like a video game throughout their round yesterday. It looked like they were playing on easy mode and just hitting every shot to within a couple feet. You know, Dustin Johnson starting six under through four. Like, pardon, has that ever happened on the PGA Tour? I've seen you do that, Mark. But, I mean, see, on the PGA <laughs> Tour, that's, that's, a little, that's a little insane.
4: Okay, my what, guys, this week, it's a little personal. And if you do some uh, poking around online and, and you hear some other sound clips, it wasn't just with me. He did this with almost everybody he spoke to on Thursday and continued it again yesterday. But you guys know I've had a few awkward moments with Bubba Watson through my play-by-play career and speaking to Bubba, and you just don't know what you're going to get. And, um, I try to, to be forgiving or I try to be understanding because – Um, he is a different guy and he hasn't, he has spoken openly on occasion about maybe dealing with some mental health issues, but uh, there have been some really uncomfortable moments. Well, on Thursday, I spoke to him after his round and I felt almost like a doctor, like playing a a psychiatrist on radio. And and I'm, and I'm being kind of, you know, half funny in this, but he was an open book talking about. Uh, how how many is, how many mental issues he's had and staying positive and not feeling like he belongs on the PGA tour, not believing he can hit the shots, and you know, kind of hearing everything on the golf course and just trying to quiet his brain down, working on his breathing, meditation. I mean, this went on uh, for quite a bit, more so off mic than we were even able to capture within our interview. And it was just it was uh, eye-opening. He was extremely open. It was bizarre. It was a really strange moment for me because I always get nervous talking to him because of my history with him. And it's just shocking to me, guys, on how a guy who's won two majors, played on all those Ryder Cup teams, can still be asking himself, am I good enough to be here, and can I hit a shot? Like, what a bizarre game we choose to play. Okay, Bob, the key is now yours. So so what do I do, just aim for the pond?
3: No, you're not supposed to hit it into
4: the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun!
0: Look, it went further than your ball! All
2: right, guys, we know that uh, golf has been one of the most popular activities as we've returned to some sense of normalcy here, but the big winners, apparently... Are the equipment companies. Mm -hmm. How about these for numbers of units and dollars sold in golf equipment? These are in the U.S. now, so I'm sure they translate a little bit up into Canada, however. Balls up 27% in units, 28% in money. Putters, 32% units sold, 36% in money. Wedges up 74% in dollars sold. Woods, 68%. And how about this? Sets of irons. Ninety three percent. This is July of last year over July of this year.
1: Ninety three percent. Ninety
2: three percent. That's almost double the number of irons uh, in in money sold. So we are doing something right, Mark. And I don't know, have you uh, have you seen big increases from from friends and people that you know in terms of what they've been purchasing?
4: Yeah, you don't, Bob. It's funny you, you position it that way because now that I'm thinking smaller and just thinking in my own, you know, my own circle of golfers, so to speak. You're right. There is a lot more new equipment. And I have people asking me more about equipment uh, than ever before. Asking me about, you know, a, a sim driver or if I'm going to go up the tailor and get fit for irons. What, you know, what should I be looking at and things like that. Way more chatter. So I guess, uh, I guess those numbers are probably bang on. Incredible. Good for golf. Good for everybody. Uh, what, <laughs> never seen participation like this before in our sport. Incredible. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, by the way, the uh, City of Toronto Municipal Golf Courses, I can't remember if I said this, uh, off, up until the end of July, rounds were up 5,000. Oh 5,000 more rounds on the five wow. courses that they played. Amazing. So uh, good for them. Uh, my weird this week takes us to uh, Valais Richelieu, and this is sort of a sad weir- weird. Unfortunately, there was a man searching for stray golf balls in, um, in a pond there uh, wearing scuba equipment, and he died. Oh. This is, a, I mean, a strange, strange story. Apparently, he went in in the evening with some scuba equipment to try and retrieve balls, and apparently they there's some thought that he worked for one of the companies that uh, resells golf balls. Uh, there's like a number of them, big, big, huge operations. Mm. And he went in the pond was apparently only about five feet deep, or somehow he got turned around or whatever happened, but uh, the, fortunately, the guy uh, passed away in got got stuck down there, i guess, and and died under the water. Very unusual circumstances. Adam, have you ever gone into a pond to chase for golf balls, or you do, does that Ooh, does that happen anymore? you know
1: if, if you were to really creep my Instagram you know a couple of years ago when babe you just put <laughs> the pond in on seventeen I tried to hit a shot. Sort of standing in the mud in there, and I was wearing all black, thankfully, but there was a little bit of mud on me, so (laughs) I will say that. But you didn't actually go in, like, when I was a
2: kid, I don't know about you, Mark, but when I was a kid, I used to go in, like, walking, you know, get down to your your underwear, and you'd walk around, and you'd feel the golf balls, and you'd throw them up on the, you'd usually (laughs) do it in in a pair, and you'd go up there. Mike Weir has the great story where he did, he went into a pond at uh, Huron Oaks. And as he was in there searching, some guys came out and uh, took his clothes away. (laughs) (laughs) So he had to stay in the pond for about (laughs) about an an hour afterwards, uh, waiting for all the uh, golfers to go before he could run run home hiding behind trees. Uh, My what this week is uh, what a weird, what an unusual but cool announcement that uh, the Golf Anti Counterfeit Group announced the largest ever raid against online counterfeit golf product sellers in China. So there's this group that uh, basically entails Titleist, TaylorMade, PXG, Ping, Calloway, and Jojo. And they uh, got together and they arrested some people in China. They, cl- they uh, grabbed 120,000 pieces of counterfeit golf equipment. So if you're buying your gear online from a source that's not directly from one of those players or a, a reputable place like a golf town or something like that, you might want to check because you might not have uh, the proper equipment. So big, big bust on fake and counterfeit golf equipment. All right, Adam, the tea is yours.
1: Yeah, well, I I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. All right, gents. My winner this week is Joel Damon. He's been known as one of the great personalities on the PGA Tour. He doesn't really hide anything when he's playing, either good or bad. And he unfortunately missed the cut at the Northern Trust. But then Friday afternoon, he goes to Twitter and he tweets this out. I'm quoting him here. This might be a bad idea, but I'm going to throw it out there. I have the weekend off and I'm looking for a money game tomorrow. I prefer it to be close to the Foxborough area. Want to play for enough money that it matters But not enough to have to sell my house. Mark, what time are you teeing off with Joel Damon today in Boston?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Adam, that's funny. Maybe I can get the day off. I talked to my producer. Hey, I got just something I got to do beforehand. You know what? Joel Damon's my winner, too. Adam, you know why? Because he went back to the hat. Yes. Did you see he was wearing the hat? I don't want to see Joel Damon without his Indiana Jones hat.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, awesome to, to go on Twitter. Phil Mickelson bounced back at him. A couple other, a uh, couple of other guys as well. But good for Joel Damon on Twitter. My weird this week, and this goes to Thursday morning. Tiger Woods, we've seen him say some very strange things throughout the years. He's activating his glutes. He claims he popped his wrist back into play at the 2015 Masters after nine holes. There's no way you did that. He was icing his neck before his round, and this caused social media to go crazy. Oh, my God, Tiger's hurt again. But apparently it was some hot oils that he puts on his back before every round. They decided to put it on his neck, too, and he got too hot. He started to sweat too much, so he put some uh, cold towels on his neck.
2: He's always had that uh, that neck issue. Remember, he had the KT tape up there for a little while. And there was something one time he, that he, I don't know if he pulled out, but he had he struggled because he slept poorly on bad pillows yeah. or something. So, uh, but they said that hockey players use that hot oil stuff on their legs a lot. I didn't. I've never even heard of it before this week.
1: Uh, hot, oh, I, I've. I mean, I've heard of like rub a five three five. but Not the hot oil. No, yeah, this no is. Different. Oh my goodness. But I mean, for Tiger to do this. Um, Tiger being Tiger, I guess. Uh, Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. And my what actually goes back to Tiger as well. Tiger's 11-year-old son, Charlie, shooting three under to win a U.S. Kids golf tournament at Hammock Creek Golf and Country Club in Palm City, Florida. Of course, with dad on the bag. Just a casual three under, 33, wins by five shots. Mark, did you see the story?
4: Yeah, I love this story, actually, Adam. This is so cool. This is Golf Talk Canada. I got very excited about it. She was actually the first one to bring it to my attention. So, um, no, it's a very cool story. And, uh man, Tiger, just to get back to your weird, I don't know, Tiger just not looking – he just looks so out of sorts, guys, this week. It, it's just unbelievable, like, the way this field is just making birdies and he's just walking around yesterday and even. And, yeah, I don't know, just – I'm starting to wonder, Like, it's, you know, he's going to have weeks where he can take his his shots, but I think that, that might be the best we get here. You know, he's going to have a couple of weeks, always at Augusta, et cetera, mm-hmm. and once in a while pop up and take his shots. But uh, it's it's getting harder, I think, uh, as as time goes on. It's getting harder for him to keep up with the birdie brush. I think, I don't know, I know we got to wrap here, boys, but I'm curious to you guys. I'm starting to feel like the harder the golf course is, and the more important that even par is, the better chance for Tiger Woods to win. I don't like Tiger in these birdie marathons. How do you guys feel about that?
2: The, I think uh, Tiger's not going to do anything anywhere if he doesn't, unless he figures out his putting right now. That's my my read on it right now, and he seems frustrated by that. But it seemed like it was more clubs yesterday because he said he would was planning to snap a few over his knee.
1: But I think that putter has been uh, has
2: been kind of M I A so far.
1: Yeah, I, I'm the same way, Mark. I'm curious to see, especially in this next couple of weeks where he's going to be playing a lot of golf in the next month or so if he can keep this up because a lot of these are going to be birdie fests until the U.S. Open, depending on how uh, it's set up well. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Um, all the best here for the weekend. Enjoy the call. Good luck on the call, and we will chat with you next week for Golf Talk Canada Television.
4: Enjoy your weekend, boys. We'll talk to you next week for uh, TV.
1: Ciao. That was Mark Zacchino And uh, look for his call on PGA Tour Radio. Uh, Looking forward to uh, to seeing him again uh, very soon. Well, on the other side, we're going to wrap today's show. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. You can watch us on TSN2. Listen live on TSN 1050. Bob, it's time for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Cedarbrae Golf Club, award-winning championship golf in the scenic Rouge Valley. Just minutes from downtown Toronto. Flexible, affordable, memorable. There's never been a better time to join Cedarbrae Golf Club. Visit Golf.com for more information. Bob, start on the LPGA Tour.
2: The LPGA Tour. We have a major going on and it's uh, midway through the third round. Uh, Danny Holmquist who will tee off at 2.42 local time in Troon is the only player under par. She's at 1 under but we got some movement. Uh, Kristen Gilman with a 5 under through 9 right now is tied for second. Uh, The top Canadian, the only Canadian to make the cut is Elena Sharp. She's through six holes at even par, a birdie and a bogey and she is currently tied for 14th. Uh, Champions Tour finished up their tournament yesterday. Yes. They're playing back-to-back tournaments at Big Cedar Lodge, and Shane Birch won a four-player playoff there. That was uh, involved Bernard Longer, Kenny Perry, and glenn Day. Um, Stephen Ames pulled out of this tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the story was there. I'll chase that down and see how Stephen is doing. Uh, Mike, we were finished up at three under par, which was good for a tie for 42nd. The um, Corn Ferry Tour is playing the nation's Chil- Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship. Curtis Luck has the one-shot a one-shot lead through 36 holes at 8 under par. Top Canadian is Stuart McDonald. He's tied for 12th after rounds of 71 and 67. Taylor Pendrith is on the course right now. He is through 10 holes. He's tied for 57th, uh, currently moving up the leaderboard a little bit. And Ben Silverman and Adam Svensson both missed the cut.
1: Okay, European Tour Honda Wales Open. Sebastian Soderberg is tied with Connor Syme right now. They are tied for the lead, three shots ahead of Sami Valamaki. In the mix, Eduardo Molinari and Thomas Peters. No sign of Francesco Molinari, though, which is a little curious. PGA Tour, Dustin Johnson, a two-shot lead over Scotty Scheffler and Cameron Davis. Danny Lee, uh, Harris English, also in the mix there. A couple Canadians making the cut, Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors. Unfortunately, Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor not around for the weekend. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy on the golf course right now. They have both gone down the leaderboard a bit today tiger woods is in second last and rory mcelroy just made his second triple bogey of the day wow through six holes bob golf is hard that's weird huh (laughs) i mean
2: rory rory has really been a non-factor since the return i mean it's just sort of uh it, it looks like he should be scoring better when you see him playing but he just man just
1: Every week there's something going wrong. It's bizarre and he's got a blade style putter now back in the bag mm-hmm. he, which I'm curious to see I'm curious to hear why he went to that change but Rory McIlroy currently in last place Tiger Woods He is in second last place, one over for his day. You can watch the PGA Tour today on TSN at 3 o'clock. You can first watch the AIG Women's Open at 11 o'clock on TSN 1. Tomorrow it starts at uh, 10 o'clock, and I think it's on TSN 3 tomorrow. Okay. But uh, you can check that out. So lots of golf to watch. Lots of golf to watch here on TSN throughout the weekend. Of course, Bob, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the year. We gave away a SIM UDI or DHY iron. Earlier this week, our grand prize and the year a through the bag custom fitting at TailorMade HQ. We're giving away up to $20,000 this year. Pretty easy. All you have to do, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and you're in a draw every week to win some great prizes. Uh, only about a minute here left or so. Bob, I know you're working throughout the weekend, but any uh, any golf on the docket
2: for you? Uh, nothing till Monday when I play my weekly day- game with my dad, but um, I had uh, a good experience last, last Sunday I played, and I shot even par on the back nine and hit... Absolutely terrible off the tee. I had the luckiest putting wedge game, wedge nine holes of my career. Wow. And uh, so I decided the struggle continues. I'm just going to take a week off. I've played rotten golf for about three weeks now. I had a lesson. I've been working hard on that. But uh, right now, the game is a struggle. So I thought, you know,
1: it's like uh, Sam Snead always said, uh, stop playing for a week and then just quit completely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes a good break from the game is good for that. I'm looking forward to getting out later today at Baby Golf and Country Club. Should be a great day, Uh, a nice day here in August. Well, Bob, it's been a fun show. Good stuff. We'll see you this week on Golf Talk Canada television, and then we'll be back here for Golf Talk Canada radio next Saturday on TSN 2 as well on TSN 1050. This has been a very fun show. As Mark Zucchino always says, remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening and watching.
0: This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.